Hello, boxing fans around the world. Thanks for joining me once again for another exciting episode of Boxing News Today. And we've got boxing news from around the world. Let's start off with the uh, recap of the Canelo versus uh, John Ryder. It's a good story uh, and not one without controversy. But before I get to it, I just want a quick shout out uh, to our friends, uh, Eddie and Wisdom Promotions uh, for the show they put on in Brantford over the weekend. Uh, entertaining our crew as uh, they live streamed it on talkandfight.com. So, show well done and congratulations to Jennifer Williams for remaining undefeated in her battle against a really tough uh, Mexican fighter, Carla Sonia, uh, as well as uh, uh, Bradley Wilcox and his defeat of uh, Larone White uh, as the main event. A great fight, and you can see all that. Uh, it remains in archive on talkingfight.com. Anyway, let's get on to Canelo and his uh, defeat uh, of uh, his uh, his fighter, John Ryder. He he not only uh, was supposed to knock him out, didn't knock him out, but uh, went the distance, this one. And it started off with, uh, he first of all broke uh, poor old Ryder's nose, but boy, did Ryder stick it in and stay to the very end and received lots of acclaim for his uh, valiant effort. Anyway, Alvarez now stands 8-0 in the super middleweight uh, division and also remains one of the sport's most consistent competitors. Riders now rated certainly in the top 10 of his division and uh, ring ma- with Ring Magazine's endorsement. And Alvarez, fifth straight such opponent, 11th his last 12 uh, starts. Uh, the fight itself was expected to be an Alvarez win, and it was. It was one-sided in terms of scoring, uh, but the scores didn't tell the whole story, without a doubt. Alvarez's skill, experience, and power was far too much uh, for for Ryder to handle. Uh, but boy, did Ryder uh, make an effort of it all. Um, good for him, and we'll we'll see where where Alvarez is going next, uh, because quite frankly, he's talking about meeting uh, Dimitri Bivol uh, and avoiding uh, Benavides. Uh, so there's a of controversy there he did lose the dimitri bivol so it'll be an interesting rematch but this is what eddie hearn had to say uh we're speaking non-stop i understand everybody's position dimitri bivol would like the challenge for the 168 pound championship but at the same time canel alvarez has only interest in defeating dimitri bivol on the same terms because he believes he'll only get uh, credit on those terms, as opposed to going up to 175, for example. Uh, I agree with him as well, as said said, uh, said Hearn, but I understand Dimitri's point of view. The fact is, with the better be a fight not possible, uh, that Canel is the biggest fight by a mile for Dimitri Bivol, and I hope he accepts the challenge. Uh, Alvarez gave him the opportunity this time. It's most likely to Bivol giving Canel the opportunity. He's desperate for revenge. He's the ultimate competitor. Uh, most people think Canelo is crazy. It was a solid performance tonight against Ryder, but people will make him a big outsider against Dimitri Bivol at 175, which is why he wants to remain where he's at. Watching Canelo perform tonight, he's still at a very high level, but I'm not seeing a guy that will say, that guy absolutely would beat Dimitri Bivol, said uh, his trainer, uh, Mannix. Uh, would you recommend that he goes for that fight? 
said Eddie Hearn, look, I don't recommend anything. I get told what to do by Canelo and his trainer, Eddie Venoso, said Hearn. I don't like inboxing how people criticize a decision like that because it's too tough a fight. Isn't that what we want? Tonight was a mandatory defense for Canelo against Ryder. Uh, he won most rounds. He wants to step up. Uh, the other fight in the world, so you're going to see Canelo fighting as an underdog in the big, and the big underdog, by the way, 175. And said, Earn, so we, we need to give this guy props. You saw the stadium tonight. You saw the scene. 50,000 people in Mexico to see that fight. And what they also saw was, quite frankly, a little bit of a controversy out of one of the undercard fights uh, featuring, uh, uh, featuring a young Australian fighter who lost uh, to a Mexican fighter. Let's have a quick note here on what it says, basically, in a nutshell. Um, Eddie, Eddie Hearn had this to say immediately after this particular fight. He goes, two absolute warriors, and how you got it? He goes, I have Stevie Spark edging it. And this has the Australian writers and boxing uh, crowd down under uh, rather upset. Said one of their writers, uh, Brandon Bradford, Steve Spark was robbed in Mexico. He lost a split decision to Gabriel Golas, but boxing is boxing. Uh, main events, uh, Ben Damone wrote, Australia's Steve Spark got robbed by split decision to Mexico. Great fight, though, and tough effort with the local Gabriel Gonzalez Venezuela. But despite the knockdown, he did not win the fight. I had Spark 96-93. So a tad bit of controversy uh, with respect to Steve Spark, uh, who got knocked down by a body shot in the sixth, but recovered uh, well and looked to have done more than enough to earn the victory. Uh, given the replays that I was watching, but the Aussie outlanded his, his rival significant in power punches, 176 to 86, uh, and lost uh, likely to a hometown audience-influenced decision. Um, anyway, um, on the on the sidebar on all of this, John Ryder definitely got uh, a bit of a moral victory by going the distance with Alvarez. And, and he is represented, I might add, by Eddie Hearn. Um, so we'll have to see where uh, Ryder ends up and who his next opponent will be. Um, be good for boxing fans around the world. Now, speaking of around the world, here we go. I said we had a few stories. So out of Birmingham, uh, one of our favorites, Ben Wedeker, who we were f focused on during the uh, Olympics a few years ago on our Olympic show. And he came uh, out of that with a silver medal. Anyway, he took another stunning stoppage win in the third professional fight of his career, sending a resilient opponent in Jordan Grant tumbling to the canvas and unable to answer the referee's count just seconds into the third round with a savage left hook to the temple. So uh, Ben Whitaker on his way uh, now uh, in the pro ranks, and we'll, we'll have to see what uh, his future looks like. But according to Ben, uh, his promoter ben shalom he's a character but we need characters in boxing and he's a character that's going to cross over to the mainstream and be a figurehead for boxing he has everything to be uh, that but also he's extremely talented and that's where his confidence comes from he's fought all the way around the world it's in a really tough division both in the amateurs and now professional uh, he's excelled but in doing it in a way where people want to watch him fight want to watch him speak want to watch him come to the press conference that's what makes him a superstar he is the full package. I think he's going to be headlining arenas. It's a big reason we're in Birmingham. Uh, we believe he's going to be the face of British boxing. 
but also be a huge star in the Midlands, massive in Wolverhampton. I see him headlining and selling out this arena over the next couple of years. Fair enough for British fans, but let's see how he competes elsewhere around the world. In that respect, we're going to stay in uh, England, and we're going to talk about Joshua Boazzi and uh, his defeat of his uh, Polish opponent, Pawel Stepien. Um, after a 50-week ring absence, Joshua Boazzi finally entered the ring again and uh, outpointed, as I said, his opponent, Stepien, over 10 rounds in his debut under the Boxer promotional banner. Scores were 100 to 90, 98-92, 97-94, all for Boazzi. It was uh, broadcast on uh, Sky Sports over in the UK, taking place at the Resorts World Arena in Birmingham. Over across the pond in America, unified welterweight champion Errol Spence says he only wants to fight with WBO 175-pound champ Terrence Crawford for his next fight. Uh, Spence states that he's had a phone conversation with Crawford, who, by the way, is a free agent, and it went well. The negotiations between them are continuing, and he's hopeful. I think uh, that decision will remain on the split of the purse, including pay-per-view. But Errol isn't saying what the holdup is. That's keeping the negotiations from being completed. Still, some boxing fans believe it's Crawford asking for too much after getting a ton of dough in his one-fight deal with BLK Prime to face fringe contender David Avnasian last December, which, by the way, we reported on is still not truly decided because of the uh, controversy re revolving around the uh, boxing gloves that literally fell apart during that fight. Uh, while Crawford was punching away. So uh, that case is still ongoing, and that fight, therefore, might end up as a no decision if if Avnasian gets his way. Nonetheless, Crawford did make a ton of money, and he is looking to, looking to make a ton of money in his next fight, undoubtedly. But who that will be, we don't know, uh, because there's also Jerome Boots Ennis on the horizon and other fighters as well. Uh, that might be willing to take on a 39-0 Terrence Crawford. Speaking of uh, big and brutal, Tyson Fury has started to talk about a WBC heavyweight title fight against Xilai Zhang. As we all know, Zhang uh, clobbered Joe Joyce uh, recently, so now Tyson Fury has switched his attention to a fight against Zhang after talks for an undisputed world title clash against Alexander Yusek have broken down. Um, let's see what's happening here. Negotiations between WBC champ Tyson Fury and WBA, WBA, IBF, and WBO title holder Alexander Yusik have broken down, and the British heavyweight star has now switched his attention to a title defense against Shang. A shock stoppage of Joe Joyce boosted Shang's reputation last month, and now the towering Chinese fighter could be next in line to challenge Fury. Um, so have a quick look here, see if there's any other news. As I said before the fight, only by defeating the strongest can one become stronger. And now uh, people probably think I'm not strong enough because there are real boxing jumps above me, like Tyson Fury and Auntie Joshua, said Zhang. Although Joshua is not a champion now, he has mastered the sport and has ruled it for many years. Uh, and obviously Zhang is looking uh, for his piece of the pie up at the top of the ladder. Other uh, fights upcoming to look forward to. We've got uh, popular super lightweight contender Rolando Roli Romero. He's 14-1, and one, and he's going to take on WBA number one rated Ishmael Barrasso for the WBA interim title inside the Cosmopolitan in Las Vegas. 
Uh, Romero is moving up a division and coming off a loss to Javante Tank Davis, who we'll speak about in a second last year. The 40-year-old Barrasso is the mandatory challenger to the WBA 140-pound crown. On that undercard, we're going to feature a fight, uh, super lightweight action, uh, two-time division world champ, Ranches Bartholomew, 29-2-1, 15 knockouts. He's going to face Omar Juarez, 14-1, five knockouts in a 10-round clash. And uh, Batir Abmendov, ooh, good, this would be a good one. Abmendov is facing Ken, uh, Kenneth Sims Jr., 19-2, seven knockouts, by the way. Uh, all elsewhere, we're going to see undefeated WBO middleweight champ, Genebek Kwasak style, Alam Kunuli, 13-0, eight knockouts. He's going to defend his world title against Stephen Butler, 32-3-1 at the Stockton Arena in Stockton, California. Uh, also on their uh on their undercard in the co-feature, former two-time world champion uh, Jason Mayhem Maloney from Down Under, 25-2, and two, will face big-punching Vincent Astralabio uh, for the vacant WO Bantamweight title. Good stuff. Uh, oh, and another fight coming up on June 10th. Unbeaten prospect Robert Daniels Jr., 8-0, will be in his first title fight as a professional on June 10th in Buenos Aires, Argentina. The bout will be part of the WBA's annual KO for Drugs show. The information was confirmed by Daniel Jr.'s advisor, Zach Herjan. Uh, Daniel's opponent will be Gabriel Omar Diaz, 13 and 5, who is fresh off an upset of his previous unbeaten countryman, Kevin Buenzella. Uh, the 10 round bout will be the WBA Latin light heavyweight title. Wow. By the way, Daniel's, uh, Daniel Jr.'s father was former WBA cruiserweight world champ, Robert Daniels Sr. And the opportunity is now there for Daniels Jr. to move closer to world title contention. Good stuff. But let's conclude today's episode with a little bit of news about good old Gervonta Tank Davis, who I have seen in many headlines and reports around the world from many superstars in the industry saying he is the new face of boxing. But I am not too sure. Let's have a quick look. After his defeat of uh, Ryan Garcia back on April 22nd, he has been to court. And on May 5th, the Baltimore court was quite kind to Tank Davis. As we know, he is uh, the WBA regular lightweight champion. And he stood trial in Baltimore for his alleged involvement in a hit-and-run accident that took place in November 2020. And he could have been uh, sentenced to seven years in prison if the judge went through with a guilty verdict. But what was the end result following that long trial? Well... Let's have a quick re review here. He was uh, celebrating uh, his birthday at a club back in 2020, uh, ran a red light in his Lamborghini, hit a, hit a Toyota, 2004 Toyota Solara, bringing four people, including a pregnant woman, into hospital. Uh, there was also video of the crash, but David Davis allegedly left the scene of the accident before authorities arrived and pled guilty to four traffic offenses. Uh, before the initial sentence, Davis was facing 14 misdemeanor charges, which included four counts of failing to return to a scene involving bodily injury. And by the way, there is a civil lawsuit underway uh, that he still has not uh, faced in, in trial yet. Anyway, uh, the judge uh, rejected a plea agreement that would allow Davis to avoid jail time. Uh, Davis would have been confined to a 60-day home confinement punishment 
if not for the rejection. And that was due to the testimony of Jair Smith, the pregnant woman who sued Davis after suffering multiple injuries following the crash. So is he going to jail? No. Davis will not be heading to prison. Uh, he was sentenced to 90 days of house arrest, which will be served in the home of Calvin Ford, his coach and trainer, and may be able to leave the house to continue training in the gym. Uh, his original sentence was uh, set for two years in prison plus 60 days. In addition, Davis must also complete 200 hours of community service and take part in other programs not yet released. And he also faces uh, three years on probation. Uh, the verdict, however, was met with criticism in his hometown there. Uh, Baltimore Circuit Judge Athena Handy did not appreciate Davis refusing to apologize to one of his victims and, uh, and not showing any remorse whatsoever. His, Davis's next court case, uh, following his arrest back in 2022, this is just this past December, by the way, where he was booked by Broward County, Maine Jail in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, he was booked on one account of battery causing bodily harm. It was reported that he struck a woman on the right side of her head, allegedly using what was described by police as a closed hand type slap. The blow allegedly left her with a small abrasion to the inside of her upper lip and on the right side of her mouth. Uh, so uh, the boxer has a May 26 hearing scheduled in Broward County down in Florida related to that misdemeanor domestic violence charge. And so I'm really a little bit unsure how he can possibly be uh, the face of boxing at the moment with all these uh, troubles in court facing him. Um, however, these sentences he's, he's uh, been leveled with will not cost Davis the rest of his 2023 uh, boxing matches. Should he avoid additional punishment in his next hearing, however, Davis has options. A Ryan Garcia rematch is off the table as the contract the two signed only required one if David had won the bout. Davis had won the bout, and he did. Uh, given his new status as, as the face of boxing, which I kind of laugh at, sorry about that. Uh, I know it's quite serious, but Davis can defend it against the, the best of the lightweight division. He could face the winner of the Devin Haney versus the uh, Vasily Lomachenko fight coming up on the weekend. And he puts his status on the undisputed lightweight champion on the line against the Ukrainian former champ on May 20th. The winner of that uh, fight, as I said, Devin Haney versus Loma uh, may face Dav Davis afterwards. Another possibility is about against Shakur Stevenson. Uh, Stevenson fought in April, beating uh, Shochiro Yoshino uh, by technical knockout in his lightweight debut. The 25-year-old is also under top rank banner. So along with Haney and Lomachenko, meaning uh, that he could uh, get a first crack uh, following the May 20th fight, and all four are bound to cross paths soon anyway, depending on how negotiations go. And so that, my friends, is uh, wraps up our show. Uh, let's have a quick look at, uh, what people have been saying in the chat room. Looking forward to going to the Hall of Fame weekend. I thought that Hall of Fame weekend already taken place. Hmm. Um, but anyway, um, uh, thanks very much, Russ. Appreciate your comments. Um, fight from Lisa Man YouTube had a very bad stream. Um, yeah, we're gonna check. Uh, we're gonna check that stream. See what the technical difficulties were that were uh, apparent on YouTube. They uh, weren't so bad uh, that I looked at anyway on 
at the Talk and Fight site. But we'll have a look at YouTube and see if our tech team can uh, smoothen those out a bit. But there was nothing we could do about the uh, the Wi-Fi that was inside the arena, seeing it was accessed, quite frankly, by uh, all the thousands of people in attendance as well. Anyway, thanks very much for joining me. Remember to like, share, subscribe, hit that notification bell. And I'll see you later on at 4 p.m. when I join Mike Horn and Cedric Ben for their show, Knuckle Up. See you tomorrow.